0: Welcome to the Lewis Jonker Podcast. Lewis is a speaker, storyteller, preacher and poet. Hope you get something out of this talk. When lockdown comes to an end, one of the first things I'm going to do is go to a restaurant. Uh, The fanciest restaurant I can. Maybe I'm going to get some friends together and I'm going to go to a restaurant. Perhaps I'm going to order a steak, perhaps it's going to be medium, perhaps it's going to be medium rare. I I don't quite know yet. I guess it depends on the place. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to absolutely enjoy that meal with the buzzing sounds of life around me. And when it comes to the end of the meal, as I'm, as I'm dabbing you know, the, the gravy off my chin uh, and, the, and the waitress comes over with the bill and she says, oh, you know, here's, here's the bill, I think I'm going to be so grateful that I'm going to say these simple words, would you please give my compliments to the chef? Would you please give my compliments to the chef? You know, I remember when I first received uh, compliments to the chef. A lot of you don't know this, but my first job was actually in a really well-established restaurant, Uh, quite a fancy place. Um, uh, You know, it's the sort of place you'd take people on first dates, romantic occasions, anniversaries, uh, if you're going to propose. That's the sort of restaurant I, I was my first job. I was 14 and nine months when I got this job. And I remember when I received my first compliments to the chef. Uh, and they, uh, the, the customer actually sent in a letter. They actually sent in a letter to the restaurant I worked at and uh, to, just, to just compliment me. And uh, I want to read this letter to you today. Product, Works Burger. Store, KFC Biloela. Date of incident, 16th of March, 2009. Approximately 8 p.m. I would like to give feedback on the service I experienced at KFC Biloela mm, on 16th of March around 8pm. My partner and I went through the drive through to purchase some dinner. Now, although we did not, although we did have to wait a while to be served and we couldn't order what we were originally after, the customer service was excellent and really made up for the experience." We were served by Lewis, who had an excellent manner through the voice box thing you place your order on in drive through He greeted us, stated his name, so it was actually like talking to a person in a box. You know, they teach, you know, in in hospitality and fancy restaurants, you really should uh, greet people well. Um, And he was very polite. When we drove to the window again, he gave us a sincere apology for the wait and apologised again, when he informed us that there would be a delay on the original fillets. He offered us an alternative to have a zinger fillet instead, which is always a good alternative. In fact, sometimes that's a good first option in the first place. Um, uh, Finding a solution (laughs) to the problem His service made such a great impression on me that I felt compelled to write this. After working in retail for six years, I personally know how easy it is to get burnt out and feel underappreciated when dealing with the public. That is exactly why I think you should commend Lewis for his efforts in doing his best to satisfy your customers. Even if you could just let him know that one of his customers really appreciated his service and went to the effort of writing a letter for him, perhaps you could give him a certificate for his great customer service. We'll be coming to KFC Biloela once again. I don't know if you've ever received compliments to the chef like that, but I tell you what, it absolutely made my day. I want to live a life of gratitude and have a heart of thankfulness just like this anonymous customer. There are many benefits of thankfulness. I think we have a slide here. You know, science teaches us that gratitude can increase your happiness by 25% and improve your health and immune system. Grateful people are even better sleepers Robert Emmons from the University of California says, gratitude is literally one of the few things that can measurably change people's lives. But I'm not here to just give you tips that will marginally improve your life. I'm here to explore how an attitude of gratitude, as they say, can flow into your spiritual life and how you can include thankfulness into your prayers. You know, we just celebrated communion a moment ago. Thankfulness is such an important thing for Christians. And the word Eucharist, uh, Graham Goldrick said it well. He said that the word Eucharist can actually be translated into celebration, but the word Eucharist can also be translated into thanksgiving. Thanksgiving should be such a crucial part of the Christian life. Kids are particularly good at this. Um, we, I was just reading on Facebook the other day the story of one of our kids' church children, Zoe, who was teaching, her, uh, teaching a teddy bear how to pray, uh, going around the garden, teaching the teddy bear to pray for absolutely everything. We have to thank God for the, for the, for the flowers, the birds, the clouds. The, apparently the list went on and on and on. Children are so good at thankfulness. But as we get older, we can lose that. Let's be real. In the midst of lockdown, financial pressure, health struggles, difficulties in relationships, grief and loss, how could we possibly be thankful to God? Well, this morning I want to explore Scripture and attempt to answer that question as we learn together. Today, I want to be known as a person who's thankful, and perhaps you do too. Today we're going to be reading from Luke 17, verse 11 to 19. Luke 17, 11 to 19. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus travelled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men with leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out to him in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have mercy, have pity on us. When Jesus saw them, he said, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then Jesus said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. One in ten return to Jesus to thank him for their miracle. Only one in ten. If if thankfulness is meant to be such an important part of the Christian life, then I want to be the one in ten. So my sermon title today is Be the One. I want to encourage us to be the one. In my reading of all the scientific literature, it was saying that gratitude and thankfulness isn't necessarily in our DNA, but it's part of world cultures, as in that thankfulness and gratitude is actually something that is taught in the culture you grow up in. So there are countries that have higher levels of gratitude than other countries because of their culture and the way they were taught. And I think it's important that us as Christians, I want our culture, the way that we teach our young, the way that we teach each other, the way that we live our lives, our culture should be one of thankfulness. I want us to stand out amongst all the cultures of the world as a thankful people. So join me on the journey today of learning how do we live a thankful life? Firstly, The one turned to Jesus. The one knew the way. It says, it says right here in verse 15. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw him at Jesus' feet and thanked him. I believe that thankfulness is a choice. Uh, you would have heard of the, the fruits of the spirit, or, may, or maybe you've heard in, uh, uh, little bits of information about things like the fruit of the spirit you know love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Thankfulness isn't on that list. And I believe that thankfulness is a choice. It's not something that's just going to grow in you automatically. Maybe, maybe it's an outworking of the fruits of the Spirit, but I don't believe it's just going to grow in you. I think thankfulness is a choice. You have to choose to be the one. They did a poll asking people, you know, what, what stops you from thanking people? What stops you from gratitude? And the number one answer was being forgetful. What stops you saying thankful? Well, I'm just forgetful you know I let too much time pass and then I'm just forgetful that was the number one answer I don't want us to forget what Jesus has done for us it's amazing that the 10 lepers were walking along you know they, they, they're getting healed uh, you know they're going on the way to the priest they all get healed and it's like in an instant they forgot the one who actually healed them but the one remembered The one remembered what Jesus did. And so he turns around and he goes back to Jesus to make sure he thanks him. He remembered who healed him. You know, Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I want us to remember what Jesus has done for us. I want us to be people who turn back, who don't forget. In the midst of everything going on, I want to remember that God set me free from my sin. I want to remember that God set me free from my guilt and my shame. I want to remember that God lets me live life to the full. I want to remember that God invited me into relationship with him. I want to remember that God is my comfort and my peace, my strength, my shield. I want to remember and I never want to forget to thank him. I want to thank him for the the ocean and the bushwalks and the central coast and the beautiful place I live. I want to thank him for the air in my lungs. I want to be a person who does not forget all his benefits. I want to remember and continuously turn back. I want to be the one who turns back to thank God. Turning back can be inconvenient. When Jesus healed the 10 and they're on their way to the priest, you know, they're on their way. They're walking, they're on a mission. We're going to see the priest. We need to show the priest that we have been healed. They're on a mission, they're walking. It is inconvenient to turn around and go back to Jesus. But one of them chooses to be inconvenient, to turn around and go back to Jesus. When this anonymous customer sent me this letter of gratitude, <laughs> they had to go through the drive-thru, then they had to go home and then they had to log on to their computer and then they had to type out all these words and then they had to find an email address and then they needed to have send it on and they didn't even know if it was going to reach me. But a heart of gratitude is willing to live with the inconvenience of being thankful. So I ask you, Is there something that you have forgotten to thank God for? Are there elements of God's goodness that you have forgotten? I encourage you, take time after this service. Take time right now while I'm preaching to stop and be thankful to God. That's what it means to live a thankful life. Thankfulness is inconvenient. Being thankful is like stopping sermon midway to remember some of the good things in your life. I want to stop right now and be thankful for some of the good things in my life. I'm deeply thankful that God has placed me in this community, Narara Valley Baptist Church. And I want to be thankful that God has placed people around me. I want to be thankful for Mikey and Chris, Behind the sound desk who are helping this be live streamed today. I want to be thankful for the relationships that I've formed in this place, which has helped me get through really tough times in ministry. I want to be thankful for uh, families. I want to be thankful for the the Wardlaws, the Burdens, the Berries, the Russells. I want to be thankful for these families who have been so important for me at NVBC. I want to be thankful for people like my friends uh, Josh and Sienna who, who journey life with me, and I'm thankful to God he put people like that in my life, Josh and Sienna Corkill. I want to be thankful for my youth team who sacrificed their Friday nights. Uh, you know, the, the scripture says the work is few, but I want to thank you for the... I want to thank God, you, God, for the, for, the, for, the, for the youth leaders who are those workers changing young lives on a Friday night. I want to thank you for the PM team Uh, the PM service team who I I, I get the privilege to lead on Sunday nights. I want to thank God for Pastor Craig and Pastor Carolyn and what they have sown into this church, what they have sown into the youth ministry, uh, sorry, the children's ministry, what they've sown into the people of MVBC and what they've sown into me. I want to be the one who turns around and is thankful. And I'm so very thankful to God. Thankfulness is a choice. The percentage increase of well-being and happiness that gratitude gives you, scientifically, is the same percentage increase that you will get from doubling your income. So let me ask you, what choice is easier? Finding a way to double your income or being a person who turns to Jesus with thanks and praise? Secondly, the One brings glory to God, the One is full of praise. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Jesus exclaims that this this one's act of thankfulness is an act of praise. The word praise here in the Greek is the word doxa. Praise equals doxa. And the word doxa can also be translated to the word glory. Perhaps you've heard Christians talking about, you know, we have to live lives of bringing glory to God. Uh, uh, theologians would say that the purpose of the church is not soteriological but, do, uh, but um, doxological, which is essentially saying that our purpose is not to save people. Our purpose is to bring glory to God uh, as a church, as a, as a global church. And the word doxa, that glory, actually means to give an opinion or judgment Of someone. So when you're giving someone glory, when you're giving someone praise, when you're giving someone doxa, you are giving an opinion or judgment of someone. It's sort of like leaving a review, like you know when you go online and you leave a review, it's sort of like uh, you know how many stars you give them is how much doxa you're giving them. And in the New Testament, it's always a good opinion of someone which results in honour. In the New Testament, doxa is always a good opinion of someone resulting in honour. It's like a five-star review. It's a five-star opinion and judgment. (laughs) If thankfulness, if being thankful is like leaving a five-star review, then the book of Psalms, you know, the the prayer book of the Bible, the middle book of the Bible, the book of Psalms, is, is like the review page. It's like the review page on God. You know, Psalm 7 17. I will give thanks to the Lord due to his righteousness. Five stars. Psalm 107 verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Five stars. Psalm 9, 1. I will give thanks to the Lord and tell of his wonderful deeds. Five stars. I want to be someone who lives a life that gives God five-star reviews. If I am praying prayers of thankfulness and I am living a life that is thankful to God, the people around me will see that. The people in my community will see that. The people in my circle of influence will see that. And when they see me living a life of thankfulness towards God, they're seeing five-star reviews. And I don't know if you've ever Googled, you know, gone to buy something online. But when I go to buy something online, I look for the thing that has all five-star reviews. So if the people in my circle of influence are seeing all these five-star reviews of glory and praise and thanks towards God and Jesus Christ, then maybe they'll turn to him. Maybe they'll add that to their cart. (laughs) But as I said, in the Bible, in the New Testament, the word "doxer" is always a good opinion resulting in honour. When uh, this person left me a five-star review and they left me their compliments to the chef, when they wrote me a letter of thanks, it actually resulted in honour because that month I became the employee of the month. I don't know if we, I don't know if, I want you to be able to see this. I think we have a picture there, do we? The employee of the month. And you know, someone sent me a letter of thanks and on the letter it says, in recognition of outstanding performance in achieving our how we work together principles. That person left me thanks and it resulted in honour. It resulted in me being honoured and that's the same with God. When we give Him thanks, when we give Him doxa, when we live our five star review, it brings Him honour. And it's important for us to live a life of honour towards God. I want to be thankful towards God for His majesty, His beauty, His goodness. And his preeminence. I want to be the one who turned to give glory to God. Finally, the One is grateful in all circumstances. They are full of faith. An interesting point of this story about this One. Is found in verse 16. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? The one was a Samaritan, he was a foreigner. Samaritans were sort of a group of people who, in the formation uh, of their heritage, they were, like, they were like Jewish people who went off and uh, intermingled or, you know, had relations with people who were not Jewish. Uh, in the Harry Potter world, they might be known as mudbloods. Or in our culture, they might be known as something uh, worse, uh, or maybe a racial slur such as half-caste. The Jews didn't like Samaritans. They were people that were, were tormented. They were an oppressed people. And it was this tormented and oppressed person who was the one who turned to thank Jesus the other nine were presumably Jews. You know, they'd been healed of their leprosy. They're going back to their community. They're going back to their priest. They're going back to their ways. They're going to be, you know, people are going to surround them with open arms. Uh, You know, when they had leprosy, you know, leprosy is, was like a skin disease, and it's not specifically leprosy, but any skin disease which they may have had. uh, You know, these 10, they they had this, and they would have been excluded, and they would have been in lockdown, and they would have been self-isolating for, you know, a period of, say, 14 days or half their life. They would have been excluded. So when they get healed, it's like, yes, I'm back. But the Samaritan gets healed and He's been healed of his leprosy. He can come out of self-isolation, but he's still going back into a world where he's going to be oppressed and tormented and people throwing racial slurs at him. His leprosy might have been healed, but his social situation hadn't changed. But despite his circumstance, he was the one who turned back to Jesus to give him praise. Despite the unclean, the mud blood, the Samaritan, that's the one who gives praise to Jesus. In Corinthians, we read about the gifts of the Spirit, and one of them is the gift of faith. And, you know, the gift of faith, it's, it's sort of left aloof, and there's plenty of Pentecostal preachers out there i will tell you a million different things that the gift of faith is. But I don't know if the gift of faith is like seeing miracles happen, everyone you pray for gets healed, Um, you know, you do a sermon and 78 people put up their hands for salvation. I I don't know if the gift of faith is that. What if the gift of faith is a person who can go through the worst of circumstances? They can be ostracised in the community. They can go through hardship. They might not get the answer to their prayers but they thank God anyway. To me, that's a gift of faith. It's the family who have been praying for their children to come back to God, whose, you know, their kids might be far from God. But it's the family who know their children are far from God and they've been praying for so long, but they thank God anyway. That's a miracle. That's a gift of faith. To thank God in all Situations. One Thessalonians five sixteen, and this is in this is in a, a heading called "Final Instructions." So this is a letter that was written to a church in in Thessalonia, <laughs> and in the the final instructions of the letter, it says, "Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances." for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. You want to know what God's will for your life is? If you, God, what's your will? God, what's your, you know, we all ask God's, what's your will for our life? You want to know what God's will for your life is? To rejoice always, to pray continually, to give thanks in all circumstances. That is God's will for your life in Jesus Christ. The Samaritan was the least likely to return and give thanks. And perhaps you've got reasons or, or issues in your life that make you the least likely to give thanks to God. But I want to tell you, I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you in your faith to take some time to give thanks to God. My life is by no means perfect I've still got struggles. I've still got issues. You know, there's, there's uh, you know, loneliness, uh, singleness. I'm in lockdown uh, at the moment. Um, I've got a bad hip, which <laughs> Nathan Wood, our resident physio, is trying to help me with. You know, I've got issues. But I still want to be thankful to God. I want to be thankful to God that he transformed my life. He gives me life to the full. He put me in this place, in this environment, in this church, where I feel whole and loved and encouraged. I want to thank God that he gave me a calling, an irrevocable calling. I want to thank God that he gave me the gifts and talents he did. I want to thank God that, yeah, I might have a bad hip, but I don't need a good hip to be a preacher. (laughs) I want to thank God. I want to be the one. And perhaps you could be the one too. And you might be sitting there going, but Lewis, you don't understand. You couldn't possibly understand what I'm going through. I want to tell you a story. The story of Henry Smith. Henry Smith, uh, born in 1952, had grown up and had just earned his college degree. And after earning his college degree, he was desperately struggling to find work. I don't know if you're desperately struggling to find work at the moment, but he just couldn't find work. He was poor. And he'd been just diagnosed with a degenerative eye condition Which would eventually leave him blind. He was weakening. There were elements of his life that were weak, poor and weak. But in this circumstance, in this situation, Henry Smith wrote a song, which I'm sure you may have heard. It's a New Age hymn. Let the poor say, I am rich. Let the weak say, I am strong. And the chorus goes, Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ, his Son, Poor, going blind, singing about giving thanks with a grateful heart to God for how God gave his son. In all circumstances, the most profound part about this KFC letter is all the things that went wrong. We had to wait a while to be served <laughs> and we couldn't order what we originally wanted. There was another problem. They were out of original fillets. Problem after problem after problem at KFC Bilo Wheeler. But despite all the problems, this anonymous customer was a one turned around to give thanks. What? (laughs) There would have been more than nine angry customers that night at KFC who couldn't get what they wanted. And neither could this anonymous customer. But they were thankful anyway. I'm thankful to Jesus. I don't have leprosy (laughs) and I've never had leprosy maybe I've had a bit of eczema here and there but I've never had leprosy and I don't know what it's like to live with leprosy I don't know what it's like to be ostracized from my community I haven't even got COVID yet. I had to live in two weeks isolation. I haven't even been a casual contact yet. I haven't even had to live in three days isolation. I don't know what it feels like to be that sick that I have to go into isolation and be ostracised from my community. I don't know what it's like to have leprosy. And I don't know what it's like to be healed of leprosy. But there is definitely sickness within me whether that be sin or the things I do wrong or or whatever. I'm smart enough to know that Lewis isn't always the kindest person. I'm smart enough to know that Lewis isn't always the most holy person. I'm smart enough to know that Lewis was and is sometimes very far from the heart of God. But when I came to Jesus and I called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on me. I know he flooded into my life. He forgave me of my sin. He healed me of my guilt and shame. And he restored my relationship with him and invited me into his kingdom where it is always good. I don't know what it's like to be healed of leprosy, but I know what it's like to be healed. And I want to be the one who turns back to Jesus to give him praise, doxa, glory, and thanks for what he did for me. So I want to invite you don't just be a person who goes through the drive-through of life <laughs> and complains about the weight. <laughs> God, why is it taking so long? <laughs> or complains that you can't get what you want. God, I asked for a wife when I was 21. <laughs> I'm 27 now, God. Why aren't you giving me what I want? or or rolls eyes at the person behind the box (laughs) or the person behind the window. No, I want to invite you to be someone who turns back to God. I want to invite you to be the one who brings glory to God. And I want to invite you to be the one who is grateful in all circumstances. That's my hope for you. That's my hope for me. To be thankful and to pray prayers of thankfulness. So what can you do this week? Well, perhaps you can be like a child and walk around your backyard and thank God for the flowers and the, and the birds and the clouds. Perhaps you can write poetry or a song like uh, Henry did as we learned before. Perhaps you can just take some time straight after this sermon or during this worship song to think and reflect of what you are grateful for towards God. Because I tell you what, he is so very good (laughs) and he's worthy of our five-star reviews. That's who he is. I want to pray for you, Church. Father in heaven, we are so thankful. We are thankful that we are breath in our lungs. We are thank you that you restored us to relationship with you. We are thankful for the gifts and talents and country and uh, place you have placed us wherever we're watching from. We thank you for the relationships we have. We're thankful for what your son did on the cross. God, I pray that you would make us a thankful people. I pray that our lives would be marginally better because of our thankfulness. And I pray that when people look at us, when outsiders look at us, I pray they would look in and see a thankful people. They would see the five-star reviews and they would turn to you, God, because you are good. Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, church. God heals everyone. God healed all ten, but only one was thankful. So I encourage you, be the one.